Let's be real. Sometimes we feel lost in a sea of unending voices, voices that are stirring up opinions on juicy topics or shouting empowerment cliches like, you got this girl, all on your own. All the while, we're mumbling to ourselves, how the heck do I live up to all that? When the only part I relate to in those words are, all on my own. But you are not alone. We can all overcome our uncertainty and doubt one cheery conversation at a time. Join author, speaker, and pastor Sunny Hennessy every Wednesday as she and a special guest engage in cheery conversations, pointing to how Jesus sheds light on every juicy topic. This is Sunny, and welcome to Cheery Conversations. Let's listen to this week's conversation. And we are going to talk today about the working female. For me, that means I leave my house in the morning, I go to a, a workplace, I give 100% there, and then I come to a home where I have a husband and some kids, some dogs that are kind of like my kids, <laughs> and I give 100% there. And so maybe being a working female looks different for you, but we're going to talk all about that and how you can balance that sort of life. Well, I don't think you can balance. <laughs> I'm actually, spoiler, but I'm, I'm actually writing a book yes. on debunking balance, yes. the myth that it's even possible. Yes. Because we picture, you just said it, in one day 100% here, and then home 100% here. Yeah. But our day isn't 200% of us, it's 100%. <laughs> so in one day, to have the pressure for balance yeah. is so difficult. But over the course of a week or a month, that's where we begin to think differently. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk more about that, yeah. I'm sure, in all kinds of cheery conversation episodes, but also in the book that I'm working on. Yeah. But it is a real situation. It is real to have to say, how am I going to work and be a female? And I don't think that that's admitting defeat. I'm not a believer in uh, whatever a guy can do, I can do better. Whatever a guy can do, there's some things I can do as good. And then there's some areas that I excel in, but the male excels, excels in this. And that's the great thing. And I love when females own the life they're called to in this season, mm -hmm. and then they realize I'm not in a, a race against everybody else. Maybe a ra my own race of life, but not against or compared to anybody else. Oh, I love that. I love that. Not a race against everyone else. Um, I know for me, I've just matured in how to be a working female and wanting to always, like I always want to exceed and succeed at what I'm doing. But, um, you know, sometimes our families bring that to our attention, that sometimes that, that means <laughs> I'm, I am failing in other areas. And so part of this kind of maturing and working out for me a little better over the last few years is just honestly being open and asking the question of my family. So yeah, I do have a family good. when I go home at night. And sometimes that's, um, you know, asking them like, what, what could I do differently when I'm home to make you feel like I'm giving you my attention? Mm. I can tell you the short answer to that was, put your phone down. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, never see, I, I wouldn't have thought that was a problem, but um, it was, I always had it in my hand for like reasons that I thought were necessary. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it wasn't in my hand because of work. It could have been that I was doing my grocery list or something like that, but because they had, my family was so used to me using it for work that anytime I had it in my hand, it had to be because of work. Mm -hmm. um, and so just having conversations that sometimes it's 
stuff that's hard to hear or I might not want to admit to, but having a conversation with my family, how can I make sure you feel like I'm 100% here with you um, and, and finding that. But what is like, mm -hmm. what does work look like for you? Because everyone's work life looks really different. Mm -hmm. Well, I love, I want to go back to what you yeah. said about asking the question. That takes humility. <laughs> and and it takes, I think, broad shoulders. At the same time, I want to get better in every way in life. And you want to get better. And it requires we ask the hard questions of ourselves and then others. And the safest place you should be able to ask is your family. And you know what? I really believe that you asking your family what would make me more present here, They that gave them a level of respect for you they wouldn't have had if you were like it's work leave me alone like <laughs> it just creates this divide so I think when women are working and outside the home or maybe working at home yeah. so maybe they do things in the garage and restore furniture or they have a home office and it's the balancing uh, to say what do you need from me family and realizing family is more important if you're just newly married and you just have a spouse that spouse is more important than work because work could change. Mm -hmm. And then what are you left with? You're left with people who got 30% of you. Yeah. Uh, one thing when you were talking about your phone and having that, I heard this and it blew my mind a couple years ago that there is no such thing as multitasking. And I for sure have lived my life up until then going, I'm a multitasker. I can't watch a movie and not do work and not do this. And I love to feel like I was always getting a lot of stuff done all at one yeah. time. And then somebody told me this and I looked it up and it's true. There is no such thing as multitasking. Your brain actually shifts from this to this to this. So if you're doing three things like watching a movie, reading a magazine article or watching a movie and playing a card game and doing something on your phone. You're really not doing all three, your brain shifts, so you think you're still watching and hearing the TV show, but your brain actually shut off to focus on this for a split second, and you did miss that, and I went, oh, so that means I'm not doing three things very good. Anything, yeah. Anything, <laughs> and now I get it with balance. If I think I'm gonna balance everything today, mm -hmm. If I even try to do that, I'm just doing four things not very well. Yes. So I love that you said you asked your family. I think that is key. Um, well, how do you, like, what are some of your, like, tricks of the trade that help you, like, get what you need to get done at work and then be able to come home and, like, shut up all that mm. off? Okay, I've tried a lot of things. I've tried the put in my calendar reoccurring five oh days gosh, a week. Yeah. Put down your phone. <laughs> shut off your phone. Be present from 3 o'clock or 3.15 when I pick up the kids till dinner or for the rest of the night. I've done that because I'm like, okay, I follow my calendar and my phone religiously. So that will help. And, and there are times that it gets me up in a rhythm. Uh, there have been other things I've done like I'm not going to after a certain point answer any emails, go on social media. Sometimes that's helped. I think because I am working from home more now, that we're building an office for me in the church now, <laughs> like three and a half years in, which is cool. But so I'm working from home more. Now the temptation for a lot of working females mm. who work from home is, well, when do you shut down? Yeah. Because I kind of did laundry in the middle of the day and I worked out at noon. So shouldn't I go back to my work mm. office from five to seven? And even people without kids, like what if there's two people that come home from work and they work the rest of the night on their laptop yeah. watching TV? Mm -hmm. 
I, I think having a conversation to say, what are our boundaries? What's our time frame? Putting it in your calendar. But I do think the most valuable is having that accountability with somebody. Like I should say to you or anybody I work with, hey, after five, like at least for January, I won't be available. Because frankly, you won't text me. Yeah. You, you probably won't after five. So I think that helps too. I, I like how you said have accountability. Mm. And maybe that means, you know, finding a group of other females who are kind of in that same season yes. or even who have gone through that season and can kind of talk you through that. So, um, you know, having a, a group of, of ladies who can come up alongside you and walk that is really important. Well, you talk a lot about your pocket of people because you're the life groups pastor yeah. here at Life Church. And so you talk about find your pocket of people. And when we say your pocket of people, sometimes we mean it's different than who you grew up and went to high school with, mm -hmm. that you are going to the bar every weekend. Like life has progressed and yeah. maybe we should, yeah. right? So some of us I think can be like, we add things to our plate, a husband, yeah. kids, work, side hustle. And then we still keep these relationships that, you know, we come home mm -hmm. from that weekend, like we have to recover. So when you say find your pocket of people, you don't mean just if you have a pocket of people, cool. You're saying a pocket of specific people. How would you unpack that for, for people? What kind of pocket of people? Oh man, I would say your pocket of people should be like people that you can count on that are going to tell you things or give you advice or counsel you through things because they love you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's, you know, good feedback, sometimes that's the accountability type of feedback, but your pocket of people, for me, you know, my pocket of people isn't always my family. It's it's mm. people that I've met um, or haven't had encounters with through things like life groups, where it's this um, emotional, intense um, kind of situation where we're growing and learning things together, but it's really like relationship-based. And so then these people have become our go-to for mm. when we, can you pray for me for this? Or, oh my goodness, this is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, they're usually the first people we go to, but your pocket are the people you can count on. And sometimes that pocket of people aren't the people you talk to every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it could just be those people that you you have in your back pocket. That's so good. That you know you can go to, they're always there. Um, and, and they're not so, gonna yeah. be offended if it's been yeah. three weeks since you texted sure. me. You just, but when you say, that love you. Mm -hmm. I would say there's a lot of people who go, oh my gosh, I yeah, I'm so tight with these people. They love me, I love them. Like if I was gonna get separated or divorced, they'd encourage me to come and, and I be there for me. I could sleep on their couch. Like they've been telling me to get rid of that dirty dog. Like there are people that they go, oh yeah, they love me. And like, they will take my side always. But you're really, narrowing in on a certain kind of people, right? Yeah, because I think like what you're talking about, those those people are are doing things for themselves because maybe it means, oh, well, if you're not with that person, you'll have more time with me then. Uh -huh. And so I think, you know, the kind of love or friendship relationship we're talking about are people who are who are who are not going to support you in something when they know it's not good for you. Mm -hmm. And the things that aren't good for you, I think for me, those are those are Jesus people. Mm -hmm. I, I always want to be pointed in that direction. Yeah. Um, and so that does mean my my pocket is is mostly the people who also have a love for Jesus in yeah. the same way I do. Yeah. Because I feel like we're around all kinds of believers of different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Every day I'm around people from 60 different points of view. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to that close knit, they are the ones that uh, 
are either at the same level or ahead of me or right neck and neck on their Jesus journey so that they can spur me on, right? Yeah. I think about Jesus, he had 12. <laughs> And then he had three that he was close with and really loved, and and they weren't they weren't perfect. I mean, they weren't perfect. They had imperfections, but it's like he knew their heart, and they actually pushed him at times, and he pushed them a lot. But he had this like inner circle, and I think there's a difference in an inner circle or a pocket of people and a clique. Yeah. Like one of the things with life groups mm -hmm. is we say you don't do a life group for the rest of your life in one <laughs> life group or in one year you're in one life group. Yeah. Because that's where churches are known to be mm -hmm. clicky. But I'm like. Well, we refuted that and proved that doesn't have to be the case by saying, we're only in it for six weeks yep. and you're going to create and know that spark of friendship yeah. and you can go to a life group together yeah. later. But that clickiness is like, hi, I've been in the life group for 13 years with the same four women and the new girl showed up and she feels oh, awkward yeah. and I really don't want her here. Yeah. Like that's clicky. Yeah. That's very different than finding your pocket of people. Yeah. And so life groups are for sure like yes. a way to find that pocket. But Love we it. also have something we do every year just for ladies that is another really great way to connect and maybe start finding a pocket and that's our our girls retreat yeah our Jesus plus our life Jesus girls plus retreat. life girls retreat and so that is happening this year May 1st to the 2nd so we really hope you join us on our Jesus plus life girls retreat we would love to see you there we're gonna keep talking about being that working female and for me that means working outside the home and then coming back for some women that does mean staying home and working for them is taking care of their kids and because we have these different styles of working as females that can create a little bit of that comparison oh, yeah. um, and maybe that guilt am I not as good of a mom because I'm not home or maybe some ladies say am I not as good of an employee so how do we talk through that I love the statement comparison is the great crippler mm -hmm. because even as you said some of those things I could hear I could see I could sense listeners and viewers of this going oh so being a mom isn't working yeah and there is this like divide on I love her but literally like she's worn out from staying home all day I work all the time and then there's the mom going oh you have your kids in daycare and you don't have to deal with them 24-7. Yeah. You get to come home and enjoy them and sit on the floor and play because you miss them. And when we compare, and, mm -hmm. and Satan will use that to divide us from good friendships in our pocket. Sure. Like good Jesus people that are a pocket of girls. Mm -hmm. But then he goes, oh, but look. I mean, she's having another baby. She has seven children and you're struggling with two. And you know, wherever the work falls yeah. in that, there can be that comparison sure. and that rub. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's crippling. It's comparison is crippling. Comparison is, it divides, mm -hmm. it, it's hurtful. And so what season am I in? Mm -hmm. So I didn't always work full time at a place or at from home. I didn't always work full time, mm -hmm. but I also never didn't work as a mom. And I for sure either felt judged or I judge myself, or I let that whisper in my ear that if I was really a good mom, I would have taken a season and just been with my kids. But for me, I knew that's was that wasn't what I was called to do. So quit comparing and just go, okay, right now in this season, in the position I'm in, where I work out of the house and then I come home, or my work is the house, yeah. the husband, the kids, what is success for me? Oh, that's so good. Because I need to quit trying to put myself in someone else's life and in someone else's season. And when I can get that straight, frankly, I'm going to feel this overwhelming peace 
come over me and go, oh, yeah, I'm back to thinking about my husband and my kids rather than my husband and my kids work and 60 other people that make me feel small. And, and I have to tell myself all the time, only I can allow people to make me feel small. And if I can't get there, we're gonna in a few weeks have an episode on Journey to Wholeness. Is there a, a wound in me that everything that is said about me or done around me affects my view of myself? Yeah. If that's the case, then I need to peel back that layer of the onion of Sunny and, and get to the heart of that more than I need to figure out how to be more like Instagram, beautiful, perfect, Sally. Yeah. I say Sally yeah. all the time because Sally. I don't know a Sally, so it's safe. <laughs> I love that. I love the whole comparison thing. I've always been a working outside of the home mom, and I for sure, you know, when you, you know when you're not around the right pocket. Because yes. if someone makes you feel guilty for something that you think you really, really shouldn't feel guilty about, yeah. like that that's not the right pocket. Those are not the right people to have around you. And so I spent a lot of time kind of feeling bad about being a working mom, and then one day, you know, God really did speak to me and said, get over it, Casey. Like, I'm a working mom, but I worked from home. I could see my kids off to school and home. My mom was taking care of them, their grandma, who mm. is a Jesus-loving lady. And so I kind of had the best of both worlds. Mm. You know, I got to have a salary for being a working mom, but I had all these benefits that I was really overlooking and not being grateful for until God kind of hit me upside the head. And once I was like, yeah, you're right. No, I love this season I'm in. It works mm -hmm. for our family. And I'm going to actually enjoy it and not feel bad about it. It's really, you talked about a perspective change. And actually they say there's studies, scientific studies, proving this, which scripture already said, so there was already proof, but science just proved it, that when we are grateful and we speak out or write out gratitude, mm -hmm. it rewires our brain. And so perspective change and being grateful, grateful, being grateful in that someone gave you a job that maybe you had maternity leave and came back and you get to, you don't have to, you get to work full time, you get to have a life that you get to go on vacation. But then the other person who goes, I get to stay home. Right. I get to be with my kids. So it's your season and I get to versus I have to. We say that a lot here. And it will rewire the brain through gratitude. Yeah. Love that. That's so good. I love I love this entire conversation. We hope that you're loving it too. Um, we're so glad you joined us for this very first episode of our Cheery Conversations. Uh, we're going to have more episodes like this. We're going to have tools and resources to offer you in episodes to come. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to connect directly with me, I'd love to know what you'd like to see on Cheery Conversations. You can go to SunnyHennessy.com and connect directly with me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cheery Conversations. You can be a part of the conversation. Leave us a one-minute voicemail at the link found in the show notes and send us your thoughts. You might hear your voice on a future episode. You can also connect with Sunny and her guests by going to SunnyHennessy.com. If this episode helped you in any way, please let us know and then share it with your friends, family, neighbors, and whoever. Word of mouth is the best way for people to find out about this podcast. It would also be really helpful if you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening. See you next week.